I'm Amanda Pittman, and this is the Confident Woman Podcast. This podcast was created to equip you to stand confidently upon the finished work of Jesus. In this community, we'll talk about what you care about most, living shamelessly for Jesus, speaking unapologetically for truth, and bringing heaven to earth. So make yourself comfortable. We're going to chop it up, keep it real, and change the world. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Confident Woman Podcast. I am thrilled about this new season of the podcast, and I have an amazing guest with me. Her name is Brittany Ann. Brittany Ann is a best-selling author, a speaker, and founder of the popular website equippinggodlywomen.com, where she challenges, encourages, and equips Christian women to be all in in faith and family. Her work has been featured on TBN, The Christian Post, Crosswalk, and more. Brittany is married to an incredible, godly husband, and together they have three adorably energetic children. And um, I really have enjoyed getting to know uh, Brittany Ann because she is an author with me in Esther Press. Uh, So the same publisher that we have um, has connected us and it's been awesome to get to know her and the work that she does. So Brittany, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you so much for having me. It has been so fun getting to know you and champion you in your message as well, because I'm so excited about your book that just came out also. You know what? There's a lot of amazing things happening. So praise God for that. Today, we're going to be talking about how to discover God's will for your life. So Brittany has um, a couple of books. Uh, I actually have one of her books. Uh, This is Fall in Love with God's Word. And um, the subtitle is Practical Strategies for Busy Women. And one thing I love about Brittany is that she is no nonsense about making time for God, studying the Bible, making sure you're really putting in these systems in your everyday life so that you have a real faith. It's very practical. Um, And then she has another book that's coming up about following God's will. It's called Follow God's Will, Biblical Guidelines for Everyday Life. And I think as Christian women, we make following God's will just an enigma. Um, Like, Yes, I want to follow God's will. I want to do what he has for me. I want to know my purpose. I want to walk in my calling. Uh, But I don't even know how to practically do that. It seems like this this, uh, abstract concept, but I don't know how to live it out in my daily life. So I want to ask you, Brittany, do you believe that God has a specific plan for everyone's life? Oh, absolutely. So if you read in the Bible in Ephesians chapter two, verse 10, it says, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So all of us, I know it sounds kind of a cliche, like, oh, you're created for a purpose, but truly the Bible says you were created. The fact that you're here is not an accident. You are not just a secondhand stage member in somebody else's big scene. Like you are here because God created you on purpose to be here for the purpose that he put you here to fulfill. And so often we can say, okay, well, I don't 
think I'm anything special. I, you know, I'm just a mom or I am just a 20 something, you know, I, you know, what do I have to offer? I am not anything special. Um, but we can have this confidence that yes, you are created by God on purpose for a reason. And that's one of the exciting things about the Christian journey is God didn't just plop us here with a rule book and say, okay, go follow these rules and you better get it right. Instead, mm -hmm. he said, you know, I have this exciting adventure that mm -hmm. I want to invite you into and you get to come and you get to be a part of it if you choose to. Obviously, we have free will, but God invites us into mm -hmm. this dramatic story that's taken place throughout all of time that we get to be a part of as well. And that's just so fun to me. Yeah. So how did you discover God's will for your life? That is a great question. And I love it when people ask me that because I feel like people always think they're going to say that um, I'm going to say, oh, well, I had this moment where something happened and I just knew I wanted to be a writer or a conference host or, well, it was because of this thing that happened in my life. And yet I find that so often we don't have that clarity before we get started. So often mm -hmm. we think that God has this big plan for our lives and we have to figure out, okay, this is what he wants me to do. And this is where I'm going. And so let me figure out the step-by-step -step to get there. But in my experience, it really wasn't that way at all. Mm -hmm. I started writing online simply because I was a young mom. I had just had a baby and I didn't want to go back to work yet. So I had found out that you could write articles online um, and earn money doing that. And so I have written so many articles about dental implants and car <laughs> and things that I know nothing yeah. about. It was literally just like Google it and write an article. Yeah. And I didn't walk into this thinking, oh, this is God's will for me to write about dental implants. It wasn't. Mm -hmm. It was just, okay, here's an opportunity right in front of me. And then when I took the first step, I found that the next door opened. And then I said, oh, I can start a blog. Like people do that. That's the thing. And then once I took that step, then the next door opened and the next door opened. But I never went into this with this whole idea of, oh, someday I'm going to be a writer and a conference host and a website owner. Mm -hmm. It very much was, okay, what can I do with where I am? What opportunities are right in front of me? And then just taking them and walking them step by step and trying to listen to God's guidance along the way. And some things I tried, I was like, you know, I didn't really love that. I don't want to do that anymore. Or, you know, that didn't really work out. I mean, it wasn't a linear path. It was very much a growing path of, okay, we'll try a little bit of this and then we'll try a little bit of this and more doors open the more that you walk. I love that you said that because a lot of times we do stumble into God's will for our lives. It's not something that we discover, but it's something that is a step-by-step -step thing. Now you are um, quite established when it comes to your website, um, your community. It's, it's, she has like over 40,000 women that are a part of her community. Um, so what year did you start? How long ago was this when you first started blogging? 2013 I so you're an og a while yeah i don't know that i came in with like the original like very first mommy bloggers but, but you're some of the you're up there i mean 2013 is like yeah. you got in you got in a good time um you got in a really good time what would you say to someone who feels like man it's too late for me to do what i really want to do like for a lot of women I find that by the time they're ready to step into something new or try something new, they feel like, oh my goodness, it is too late for me. Everyone who's done X, Y, Z has already done it. And I'm just going to add more noise to the crowd. Like, what would you say to someone like that? Well, I would say that there's no such thing as already done it. I mean, think of all of the 
all of the books that have already been written. If I showed up and I said, oh, well, I can't possibly write another Christian women's book because there's so many, like there's so many books and there always will be so many books um, or anything that you want to do. If you want to create a new kind of cereal, like think of how many cereals are out there. There's already mm -hmm. so many things out there. But I think that sometimes that that can be a benefit because I know that there have been times in my life where I wanted to do something and I wanted to try something new. And I've looked and said, you know, who already is doing this that I can learn from? And if you don't have people who have already been doing it, then you don't have those people you can learn from. You don't have those examples that you can look to. So mm -hmm. honestly, I think it's a big benefit to do things that have already been done before because you can get some of that mm -hmm. knowledge and wisdom that you don't have to learn the hard way. You can talk to them or you can watch what they're doing and see, okay, this is what works. This is what doesn't work. And you can learn so much just by observation. But then mm -hmm. also just God has a plan for all of us. God's never going to say, okay, well, I've met my quota of authors. I've met my quota of hmm. mothers. I've met my quota of Christian women's ministry leaders or yeah. missionaries, or I've met my quota of people who are going to take soup to their neighbor who has just had a surgery. Like, there's always more work to be done. I mean, we live in a culture where there's so many people who are getting so off track and chasing so many things. So there's just always going to be a need for courageous Christian women who step up and say, you know, I may not be like the next big thing. I may not change the whole entire world, but God has put me right where I am right now because he has put me in this place to make a difference right where I am. Like the world needs you to be you and to do the calling that God has called you to do. What it sounds like you're getting at is the difference between a scarcity mentality and abundance mentality. The God that we serve is so abundant. I love that you said there is no quota that God has. There's no limit to how many people he can send out to. I love how you said bring soup to a neighbor yeah. because so many times we think following God's will is oh my goodness, I'm going to do the big thing for God. And many times the big things for God were preceded by many little things, many little acts of obedience, many little acts of uh, kindness and generosity. And um, I think it's so important for us to get into this mentality of there's enough out there for all of us, not just enough, but there is no limit. There's more than enough. Um, and a lot of times I would also say that we are too self, I would say, how, how, how can I put this? Many times when we don't step out and do something that's kind of outside of our comfort zone or kind of scary, we don't do it because we're, we're too self-conscious and we're too self-conscious because we're too self-focused. Um, because everything that you're doing, Brittany, is serving other women. And even your friends who are doing similar things, they're serving other people. And even when we're talking about bringing soup to a neighbor, that is a blessing someone else. And so many times we think that our calling is self-serving. And if we don't answer it, if we don't do it, then we're the only ones who are harmed. But we're actually robbing so many others of the gifts that God have, has placed inside of us whenever we do that. So I love that you were just getting at that. Like God is an abundant God. There is no limit to who he can use, how he can use them, how many of us he can use, um, and that we all are different. Now, some people may say like, oh my goodness, like Brittany had the support of her husband. She, you know, she was a stay-at-home mom, you know, easy for her to say because she has all of the support. What about those who don't have the support of those around them? What about those who, man, people have spoken negative things over them and because of it, they're really afraid 
to try again and believe again, what would you say to someone like that? I would say that that fear is normal. I think it's a part of the human experience. We all are scared. I don't know where I heard this advice, but I heard someone say once that if you are afraid of something, it doesn't mean that you have to be scared and shrink back in that. It's a sign that you're growing. It means you're trying new things. If you always just did the same thing every day, like that would be comfortable. This is what you know. But if you have that feeling of, oh, I don't know if I can, that's a sign that you're growing. You're trying new things that you haven't done before. And that's beautiful. And I will tell you, it will always be scary. There's never a point where you like have arrived and you think like, wow, I'm this amazing person who can do all of the things. Like God constantly is calling us and stretching us and pulling us. Every day, I feel like all of the things that I do are not good enough. Um, I create websites and I write books and every single time I'm like, I could have done that so much better. Mm -hmm. But like you said, I love how you say like, it's not a matter of being perfect. It's not a matter of getting it all together. Um, don't let that fear of failure or that fear of what people will think or that fear of not being good enough. God doesn't need us to be good enough. We're not good enough. We're not supposed to like, he is good enough and he just wants to work through us. And you think of all the miracles that God did in the Bible of how, um, so the story of the fish and the loaves of bread, when Jesus showed up to feed the 5,000, um, they were like, we don't have enough. There, there's not enough here. I am not, we have this teeny tiny lunch. And Jesus was like, I don't need you to supply. Like our father owns the cattle on a thousand hills and everything yes. to him. Um, he doesn't need that. He doesn't need our enough. He just needs us to be willing. He just needs us to step up and say, yes, I am here. Whatever I have, it's not enough. Um, it's never going to be enough. But I will give you what I have and then let you do miracles because we serve a God that does miracles and we can show up with our two little fishes and say, you know, it's not enough. I don't have these crazy, amazing talents. I don't have this or I don't have that, but I don't need to have that. I will just give God what I have um, and he will grow me, but he can turn it into so much more. So, I mean, I think it's so easy to look at people online and to assume that oh, well, they just must have all of this support or it must be so easy for them or they're just so talented. Look at all these, these things that they can do. But you don't see the behind the scenes. You don't see how much goes into it. Um, for all of us, no matter what we're doing, you don't see all of the nights where we stayed up way too late or all of the fights that we had with our husbands because things got out of balance or all the times we weren't there for our kids when we really wanted to be. And there's beauty in it, but there's sacrifice in it. And there's always going to be sacrifice anytime that you're living out God's will for your life. That's just a part of the Christian calling. God doesn't say, I'm calling to this life that's going to be easy. He says, in this world, you will have trouble. It's not going to be easy. But I think it's just a matter of deciding, you know what? By the time that I get to heaven, I want to know that whatever God put me on this earth to do, that I did it. I don't want to be so concerned with what other people think. I don't want to be so concerned with looking at what's in my bank account or looking at what my skills are. I don't want to be so self-focused that I completely miss out. I feel like that would be the worst thing in the world for me to show up to heaven and for God to be like, okay, that's great that you impacted these people, but I called you to impact these people. Or I asked you to impact all of these people and you didn't do it because you were too worried about mm. what you looked like, about what you sounded like, about mm -hmm. what your sister-in-law would think or that girl from high school or because you were so concerned with getting like that perfect Pinterest living room and you were so concerned with, you know, not that these other things are bad, but you were so concerned with all of these other things that you completely missed what you were put on this earth to do that could have changed so many lives. Yes. I love all of what you said. Um, especially the standing for before God piece, because that's the part that always gets me every time, you know, anytime that I'm, 
questioning myself, questioning what I'm going to do, wondering if I have enough, if I am enough, all of that. I'm just brought back to, man, I am going to be held accountable for this. God is going to stand before me. Jesus is going to stand before me and I have to give an account. So that really gets to me. Um, and then what about people who like, how can I say this? There is like not having support, but then on the other hand, there are people who come from families where, or even friendships or circles where it's like, man, these people oppose God, you know, like they are living a completely different lifestyle. And it takes a completely different level of courage for me to live for God when these are the people who I have known. How how do we navigate the courage to even do that, to break out of, man, I was in the world. A lot of my family's in the world. A lot of my circle, they do not love God. How, how do I even navigate this? Yeah. And that's one thing that I talk about and follow God's will, because that is such a struggle for so many people, um, whether your family isn't Christian or whether even the people who with their family is Christian, but they're living like a really reduced version of it. And they're like, why do you need to go be so crazy about this? Why can't you just, you know, play small? Why can't you be this? Um, and I definitely have people in my life who have done the same thing with me who have said, you know, why do you have to go be like that? Why can't you be like this? And I think the first thing is just deciding, you know, God is more important than anything else. Yes, it's normal to want other people's approval. I want the people in my life to think that I'm good things. Um, that's normal. Like we're created to live in community and I don't think that's a bad thing. But at the end of the day, what God thinks of you matters so much more. I think we just have to decide, you know, this is who I am. And this is who I'm going to be. And this is what I am called to do. And I'm going to do that. And I'm going to love on other people. Um, I think there may be times where we're called to set a boundary, depending on who it is. If it is someone who is making your life miserable um, and they're not married to you, I mean, maybe there's a whole thing there. If you are in a commitment, you're in a committed relationship. But if it's like someone from high school that's making your life miserable, you don't have to be friends with them anymore. You don't. You can choose who you're friends with. Um, if there's people in your family who are just making you miserable, who are preventing you from fully living out God's will for your life, you don't have to hang out with your family all the time. You just don't like, you can if you want to. Um, but if they're having a negative impact on your faith, you can create some distance. You can create some boundaries and that's completely biblical. Um, I will say that if God has put something on your heart and your husband is in disagreement, that's something you're really going to need to pray for because God is never going to call you to do something that is going to jeopardize your family. If it's something that he wants, if you and your husband are both believers and he wants you to do something, um, just pray like, God, if this, if this is your will for my life, please put it on his heart too. Like put us in agreement. If it's not your will, like sometimes you're wrong. If this is not your will, then please like take it off my heart. Like, you know, show me what it is instead. And I think that's something you really have to pray with together to say, you know, God's not going to tell us two separate things. God's not going to tell me to go like do all of this and tell my husband that I need to do all of this. Like that's that's not going to that's not going to work. God's not going to tell us in a way that's confusing or not clear. So I think it also is a matter of spending time in prayer and saying, "Okay, let's take what what my priorities are, what I really want, and then let's talk about what your priorities are and what you really want and let's find a way that we can both be happy, that we can both live out God's will for our lives because we never want to live out God's will for our life at the expense of our family, at the expense of um, the, the calls that God already has for us, um, whether that's our marriage or our parenting or just to love people. If you are doing something that's making you not loving, even if it's Christian ministry, if you're like, oh, well, I'm going to go sign up for all of these things and it's making you a disaster of a train wreck of a stressed out person, that's not God's will for your life anymore.
I really appreciate that you touched on the misconception that loving others doesn't have boundaries. And there are so many women who have been missing out on elements of God's will for their life, elements of their ultimate purpose because of the wrong relationships. Like the people around them are holding them back. The mentalities that they're implanting in their mind are holding them back. The control, the fear, it's holding them back. Um, Even sometimes very literally holding them back. Like maybe uh, you have a close friendship that doesn't let you do certain things that that doesn't let you, um, step out in faith. And, um, I've the, out of the people who have said, man, I, I, I'm trying to love this person so many times. It seems as if they're confusing love with complete acceptance and being a rag doll, right. And being like a, a, a mat on the ground that someone can walk all over, Um, and so I think a a huge part of my own experience with relationships, um, that I have felt like, man, this is really holding me back has been this internal tug of war of, okay, what's the balance between showing love, showing forgiveness, um, you know, bearing one another's burdens versus, okay, I need to put up a boundary or man, I, I really should leave this relationship. That's such a tricky thing to navigate. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I honestly, I just have this philosophy that you don't have to be friends with anyone. I don't care who they are. You don't have to be in a relationship with anyone. Um, if you're married, then yes, you have a commitment. And if you have children, yes, you have a commitment, but outside of that, you don't, I don't want this to be taken so far the the wrong way to think that, oh, well, if someone makes my life difficult, then I just need to cut everybody out because that's life. Like people are going to make your life difficult. And there is some degree of, we need that in our life because it develops patience. It develops perseverance. So sometimes some of those grading people, even though it's annoying or time consuming, we need some of that in our life. We shouldn't cut all of that out altogether because relationships are messy and they're complicated, uh, but they're so refining for us as people. So I don't want it to be taken to the extent that if somebody is making your life difficult, just cut them out, you know, and cut them out of your life and never talk to them again. That's not what I'm saying. If someone is truly toxic, yes, by all means. Um, But you have a choice of who you spend time with every day. And there's two different ways that you could go about this or mix of both. So if you say, I would really like to grow in this one specific area of my life, you can intentionally surround yourself with people who are very good in this area. So for example, if you say, you know, I would really like to be a better wife. I feel like I'm not doing my best in this area. Maybe I didn't have a great example of this growing up. I really want to be a better wife. You can very intentionally reach out to other people in your life that are good wives and try to spend more time with them or reach out to someone maybe at your church who you know is such a good wife and you really admire like the way that she treats her husband, you know, reach out and say, Hey, can we talk about this? You know, can you share some, some advice with me? And a lot of times people are willing to do that. If you would reach out, one thing you can do is just to surround yourself with people who have those traits that you would love to cultivate in your life to make sure you're spending more time with them. Um, not that you never spend time with the negative people, but you're spending more time with the positive people or alternately, like we talked about earlier, um, you can just choose to spend less time with people. You can choose to set up boundaries, whether that is, you know, we're, it doesn't have to be, we're never going to see you. Maybe it's, you know, I just don't see them 
as often. We don't hang out as often. Or I will only hang out with this person in this context. So for example, maybe I don't feel comfortable going to their house. I don't feel comfortable um, going to an event with them with a lot of people, but it's okay if we talk on the phone or it's okay if we text, it's okay if we're Facebook friends. I mean, you just have to figure out, okay, what is triggering you? Is this something that's going to grow you spiritually and make you stronger, more patient, um, more perseverance, more loving? Because that's how we, I mean, think of our children. Sometimes they drive us crazy. Um, I adore my children, but it makes me a better person because they will tell me when like, hey, mom, you're acting this way or like, mom, you're too grouchy or mom, like, I don't like it, but it's good for me. So I think it's a matter of figuring out, is this the kind of negativity that's going to be good for you and help you grow and they're going to give you that feedback? Or is this someone who truly is just dragging down your life? You have tried to be loving to them. You have tried to um, witness to them or share your faith with them or whatever. And you can just tell like this person, I have tried, I've given it everything. Um, they're just really having a negative impact on my faith, on my life, on my health, on my mental health. Um, if you get in that situation, I don't think there's anything wrong. I think it's completely biblical to set some kind of boundaries in place to say, either I'm not going to spend as much time with you. I'm only going to spend time with you in certain circumstances, or maybe we just choose to part ways. So Brittany, one thing I've found about you is that you're a very practical solution-based kind of person. You're like, I can do this, that, and the other, like, and boom, just get to it. Um, I'm the type of person I have to know why I'm doing something before I do it. There has to be a mental shift and an emotional shift before I get to a point where it leads to action and solution. Um, and there have been times in my life where it has taken me quite a bit of time to set up certain boundaries with people or learn how I'm gonna navigate something because of fear or because of um, sadness or pain, or there's a mental shift that hasn't taken place yet. So when it comes to choosing the right people to place around us and not listening to the voices of people who are really holding us back from fully becoming everything that we're called to be and fully walking in God's will, what do you feel like are some of those mental and emotional belief set changes that need to take place before we can get to a point where we're ready to surround ourselves with the right people and we're ready to put up boundaries in our relationships? What are some of the things that we need to change about what we believe? Um, I want to hear your thoughts on that. So I want to come about this in a slightly different way. Sometimes we think that we have to not feel scared in order to make a decision or to do something that we feel called to do. Or sometimes we think that we have to have the motivation. And yet I found so often that if we wait until we're not scared, if we wait until we feel motivated, that day doesn't come because the more that we wait, the bigger the fears get, the harder it gets, the more that we wait. There's so many things in my life where I know like, I need to have this conversation and I think, okay, today's not a good day. So I'll do it tomorrow. And then tomorrow comes around and I said, well, you know, today's not a good day. Like I'm still really scared to have this conversation. I'm nervous. So we'll wait until tomorrow. And the longer that we wait, the more times that we say, you know, I'll just wait, I'll just wait, I'll just wait. The easier it gets to say, well, why would I do it on this random Tuesday? I've already like waited lots of days. What's one more? So I think that often rather than waiting until we 
have the belief or we have the um, motivation or we don't feel that fear, it really is a matter of just saying, you know, I'm going to do this thing. I'm just going to do it. Um, like the Nike slogan, just do it, even if you don't feel ready or capable. But I would say start small. So rather than jumping right into this whole huge thing, what is a small thing that you can do? So for example, if you know that you need to surround yourself with people who are more encouraging for you or you need to set some boundaries, rather than starting with going and have this conversation and say, I want you to know you're completely toxic for me and we can never speak again. Like don't start there. Instead, maybe you start by filling your mind with more positive things. You don't even shut them out yet. You Maybe you don't shut them out ever, but you say, okay, first I'm going to start with the easiest first step forward. What's the smallest, easiest thing I can do to move myself forward? So maybe it is, okay, I need more like Christian positivity in my life. I'm going to intentionally follow Instagram accounts where I see these people who are so inspiring that I want to be more like that. I'm going to intentionally find podcasts where they like help me get that motivation. I'm going to intentionally read books. I'm going to maybe not have a conversation with the person I need to have a conversation with, but I'm going to talk with somebody else first to kind of like figure out what I'm feeling and what I'm thinking. And I think that sometimes taking these very small, teeny tiny baby steps can be what we need to start to get that, um, that gumption and that motivation, that momentum that we need. Um, I just don't think that there is a time where it stops being scary or there is a time when we have that motivation, but whatever we do repeatedly, those things become our habits. That's what we do. So if we consistently shy away, we're creating a habit of shying away. If we consistently avoid these tough conversations, if we consistently shrink back and play small, we are creating a habit of playing small. And those habits aren't easy to break. And the longer that we do them, the harder that it gets. So I would say just starting with knowing that this is going to be worth it, um, spending time in God's word, seeing what he has for us, inspiring ourselves by all the people around us and saying, you know, what are the small things that we can do. So often I think that we don't see the benefits until we are doing the thing. So for reading the Bible, you're not going to feel the benefits on day one, probably as you start to create that habit, it is living it, like reading it each day, creating that consistent habit that as you do it over time, then you start to see the benefits or following God's will. You don't see the benefits on day one. Day one is hard. When you have that conversation, it is hard. It sometimes is messy. It can cause fights. It's drama and it does not feel good. But it's just keeping your eyes on, okay, I know God is good. God is for me. God does not ask me to do anything um, that wouldn't be in my best interest. I can look back. What are the things that he has done in the past? How has he come through for me in the past? Just any teeny tiny little baby steps you can take, maybe asking a friend and saying, hey, this is something I'm really scared about. Would you hold me accountable? Like I commit to you. I'm going to have this conversation. Um, I think it just starts small. The smallest little baby steps you can do and just take the next one and just take the next one. Don't overthink it. Don't let fear hold you back. Remember, fear is a sign you are growing. It's not a sign that something is necessarily wrong and just taking those little steps. And then I think once you start to take those little steps, even when you don't feel like it, even when you're scared, then you can look back and say, okay, this is where I was and this is where I am now. I'm not at all where I need to be, um, but I haven't died yet. So that's a good, <laughs> um, yeah. I'm making progress and um, I see where I could go because I'm surrounding myself with these positive influences. I see where I could go. I want that. I know I can get there. I think I can take, maybe not the whole thing. I think I can take the next step. I think I can take the next step. Um, and you just do it enough times and you don't die in the process. And then eventually you're like, oh, that wasn't so bad. <laughs> but did you die though? But I love you, it. Yeah. <laughs> but that, really, I mean, that really is the case. 
like, <laughs> didn't die. And you're like, okay, that, that was awful, but we made it through and I'm glad that we did. What's the next step? Right. You're still breathing. So YOLO, like yes. you only live once, just go for it. Oh, yeah. I like that you're dispelling this myth of courage. Like I, whenever I am actually was going, was trying to break up with someone, but I was terrified to break up with them. I remember asking someone, um, just kind of sharing my feelings with them. And I was like, man, I'm terrified. I don't feel like I have the courage. And, uh, this person said to me, courage is being afraid but doing it anyway, because you know, it's the right thing to do. And it just completely like shifted my mind, changed my mentality. I thought that I had to feel it before I did it, but that's such a myth. That's such a misconception. You don't have to feel it to do it when you know that it's right. That's what courage is. Um, so you really just dispelled, dispelled that myth. What are other myths that there are? of following God's will? What are these misconceptions that are holding us back? That is a great question because there are so many of them and it's so important to know how we follow God's will in the sense like, what is God's will? Because if we're looking for the wrong thing, we're not going to find it. Um, So one of the biggest misconceptions that I see about following God's will is the belief that God only has one big will for our entire life. So for example, God is calling me to be a missionary or God is calling me to be a singer or God is calling me to be a teacher or whatever it is. Um, Yes, sometimes he does have one big call for our lives for some people, but that's not all. God also calls us just in the day today. It's not just one big thing. And if we're all we're thinking of is this one big thing, like often our career, if all we're thinking of is our one big career that we're going to go change the world, do the first 20 years of our life not matter? Like, is that just going to go to waste? Like, that's not going to waste the first 20 years of our life. He's not going to waste the last 20 years of our life. He's not going to waste all of the hours after work or before work. Like, that's only one piece. So there's so many different things that God can call us to yes to big things, but also to small things. So for example, one day I was taking a walk around my neighborhood. I do this all the time, take the puppy for a walk, you know, whatever. And I saw this woman who I'd never seen before, just taking a walk through my neighborhood. And I noticed she looked very sad, like she was crying. And there was a car following her, like some random guy in a car following this girl walking on the road. So I'm walking my puppy and I'm like kind of keeping an eye, like what is, like why is there some random guy following this girl in a car? And she didn't look scared, but she definitely was sad and she's walking. So I'm kind of keeping an eye on her. And so eventually the car drives away and she goes into this park and I say, you know, I feel like I need to go check on her. And she's like, make sure she's okay. Because like, that's a scary, creepy situation. Why is some guy following her in the car? And I go in there and I find her in the park and I just, Hey, like, are you okay? Um, I don't want to like invade your personal space if you need a minute, but I just wanted to check on you because that's weird that some guy is calling, is following you. And she said, oh, you know, it's okay. It's my boyfriend. We had a fight. I was just like walking and he, like, I don't live around here. So he was just like following me because I'm going to get lost. Like, I don't know where I am. So he was concerned, but I'm not in any danger. Um, We just had a big fight. And so I sat and I talked with her for a while and I was able to pray for her because I, you know, I'm not, I don't think I'm a brave person, but I was able to say, you know, is it okay if I pray with you? Um, and it just led to this breakthrough where I prayed over her and she shared some things with me and I shared some things with her. And I feel like it was just such a God moment that I just randomly, not randomly, um, but 
I was there and she had this time and I was able to go to her and pray over her and encourage her. And she shared, you know, I, I used to be a Christian, but I haven't really been walking in it. And so I was able to encourage her in that way. And that was just like a random day of my life. It wasn't God's big call on my life. It was just a thing that I did um, because it was there, not because I heard this loud booming voice from the heavens. It was just like, here, there's somebody who looks like she could use some help. Um, this is a weird situation. I get a weird, but I'm just going to go check on her. Um, and I think that's what loving your neighbor is all about. It's not necessarily just figuring out like, what is the big thing I'm going to do? It's who do I see right in front of me today? Who can I go love on? Who can I go bless? Who can I go talk to? Who can I go pray for? So the first one is just that God's will is always like this one big thing. Another misconception that people have is that God's will is always really weird or super spiritual or mm -hmm. difficult. So yeah. sometimes, sometimes God calls us to pray over a person in a park that we've never met before. And yes, sometimes that feels kind of weird. Um, but sometimes God's will is just in the little things. God's will is that you would love your husband well, even when he's driving you bananas, that you would say, I am going to do the right thing because I am a Christian, because I love God, because this is the person I want to be. I am choosing to do the right thing, even if he doesn't deserve it. Um, and hopefully our husbands do the same back to us and we don't deserve it. Um, but choosing to be a good mom to your babies, even when they're dragging you bananas, choosing to volunteer at your, at your church or get involved at your kid's school or take a meal to somebody in the neighborhood to reach out to maybe you have an elderly person who lives near you and going and shoveling their driveway, their driveway. Following God's will doesn't have to be this big, super scary spiritual thing. It really is who's right in front of you. Who has God placed in your path? How can you love them today? I, not this whole big thing, but just like, how can I make their day better? How can I be God's hands and feet today? What can I do practically speaking to love on people? And obviously we can never do all of the things. Um, we're all created differently. We're all unique. We don't all have the same skills and ability. We all have unique skills and ability, and we don't all have um, an infinite amount of time in the day, but we all have some time in the day. And if we all just did what God has placed right in front of us, think of what a difference that would make. And then the last thing that I wanted to say in terms of misconceptions is I think sometimes people think if I follow God's will, he will ask me to do something really hard and scary and weird. Like everyone always thinks, oh, God is going to send me to Africa. Yeah. Um, I read a quote. It's in the book. I forget what book it came from. I should look that up. Um, but I read a quote where someone was talking about, I really um, hesitated to give over my life to Jesus because I was sure he was going to send me to Africa. Hmm. And then I realized God never sends anyone to Africa without first putting Africa in their heart. Oh, that's so good. That's going to set someone free. Keep going. So all of us have things that we are passionate about and we are passionate about different things. You are passionate about helping women be confident. You know mm -hmm. why? Because some women who are listening to this right now need that confidence. I am passionate about helping women get into God's word because I mean, I could just go on for days and days about like why you should be in God's word and why you should be following his will. But God created us all differently because the, everyone has different needs. Everybody has um, needs to be encouraged in different ways. And so if God has put something on your heart, he didn't put everything on your heart. Maybe you are really passionate about foster care, but you're not passionate about cancer. Or maybe you're really passionate about diabetes, but you're not passionate about the environment. Um, so often we can think that, oh, we have to be passionate about every, like, obviously I need to care about puppies and rainbows and like all of the things. <laughs> and like, to some extent, yes, like we should care and not destroy things. 
What God created is all, all rainbows matter. <laughs> all rainbows matter. Um, what God created is uniquely and differently. We all have a different passion. God's not going to send you to be an overseas missionary if you are like, I do not have the skill set. Like, I do not talk to people. I am a total introvert. Um, God created us differently. Yeah. Like, for me, for example, I have little ones and I'm an introvert. And this is me in my house like i have cozy pants on right now um <laughs> this is me in my house like i'm not going out talking to all the people like i'm behind a desk all day right i'm an introvert and this works for my season of life this works for my family like i was able to craft um and step into this job that was perfectly situated for me but if somebody yeah. else has different talents someone else has different abilities that doesn't mean that your calling is less valid or that you're not as good um i read another book oh goodness it is from heather Creekmore. I'm trying to remember which book it was. It was compared to who Heather Creek more compared mm, to who. That's Love a good title. Yeah. Like that title. Oh, it's so good. Highly recommend. Love mm. her books. So in compared to who she tells the story of, she is going in an airport and she's going on an airplane and she sees the signs. And one of them is like for somewhere cold or she's going like Minneapolis or something. And another one's for Malibu. And she is like, man, I wish I was going to Malibu but I'm going to Minneapolis because that's where God has called me to go. And in her suitcase are all of the things to take her to Minneapolis. I, that might not be the right city, but here in my suitcase are all the, the things. And the analogy is just, God knows where he is sending you, whether that's mm. Minneapolis or Malibu or China or um, the desert, wherever he's sending you, he knows where you're going to go. He has packed your suitcase with the things that you need. It would be ridiculous to show up in Minneapolis with all of these little bathing suits and sunscreen. Yeah. You're not going to need it. That's good. And it would be ridiculous to show up in um, Malibu with like this huge oversized park up because right. that's not what you need. That's God, so good. God has given you what you need for where you are going. So it's not a that's matter so of saying, like, I wish I was going here. Why don't I have those skills? Because that's not where you're called. Yeah. Wherever God has called you, he has put in your suitcase the skills that you need for where you are going. So it's not a matter of my suitcase, like, I don't like what's in my suitcase. No, it's, hmm, what has God placed in my suitcase? Okay, I see I have this. I see I have this skill. I have this interest. I have this passion. Where might I be going? And then figuring it, I mean, that's really backwards for an airport analogy, but like <laughs> based on what is in my suitcase, like where do I believe God is sending me? Where might I have the biggest impact with what I have um, at my disposal, the resources, the time, the talents, the abilities, the interests, the passions that I have um, and going that way rather than feeling we're not good enough because we don't have, well, you're not going there. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. It really takes the pressure off because so many of us are terrified of being sent to Africa, but in our bags, we have snowsuits and that's where God is going to send you. And, and it's a great analogy. And just for all of the literalists out there, we're not saying that God literally sends someone to a physical location <laughs> every single time. Sometimes he does, but the analogy is essentially whatever God calls you to do, he's going to equip you for it. Mm -hmm. um, and he's going to place the desire in you. I love that you said that I, that is going to set some people some people free. He's not going to send you to Africa if Africa isn't in your heart, if he hasn't already placed it there. Um, and so, and, and I just, I really appreciate that because so many of us are terrified of following God's will because we really believe he's going to have us do something we absolutely hate and we don't have a passion for and that we're completely not equipped for. You may feel unqualified, but God is going to give you 
what you need for it. Um, and so it, it makes so much sense. And I really, I just really appreciate that. Um, we're about to wrap up. So for if you could leave those women who are listening, who really want to follow God's will, who want to walk in purpose, who want to accomplish their God-given calling, what is one thing that you believe that they need to know in order to follow in God's will? For me, it just comes back to following God is always worth it. It is always worth it. He doesn't ask us to do anything that we are not capable of doing with his help. He doesn't call us to be miserable. He doesn't give us skills for one thing and then ask us to do something different. God's plans are for us. God is asking us to step into this exciting adventure. Christianity doesn't have to be this boring checklist of, okay, I read my Bible. I said my prayer is good. No, God has this exciting plan for all of us. And he gave us everything that we need. And yes, it will be scary. And yes, it will be harder than you can ever imagine. But once you step out in faith, and you do it, and you just take that baby step, and that baby step, and that baby step, you will look back and say, I don't know how I got here, but praise God that he brought me here. Um, And it's just this exciting adventure that I do not want women to miss out on because of the fears and the misconceptions and all of the things that get in, in the way. Just set all of those aside and say, you know what, God, whatever it is, I trust you. I love you. You are for me, um, and I'm in it, even if it takes a while to get there. So worth it. So worth it. Okay. So Brittany, for those of uh, the listeners, this is their first time hearing about you, um, knowing about your ministry, equipping, equipping godly women. Uh, Tell us how we can be in contact with you, where we can get your book about your community, kind of give us all of the uh, like details on that. Well, thank you for asking. My website, as you mentioned, is equippingitgodlywomen.com. That really is the best place to find me. Um, My new book that's coming out is Follow God's Will, Biblical Guidelines for Everyday Life. It'll just walk you through practically speaking. I can't give you the answers, but it gives you a biblical framework of here is how you figure out for yourself personally where God is calling you you to go with your life. Um, And you can download and read the first chapter for free right on my website, equippinggodlywomen.com. That's awesome. Are you much of a social media person or are you more like I'm a blogger? You're just going to find me um, on the blog. Email is my jam. I know that email. that's normal for most people. <laughs> um, yeah, I am on social a little bit, but I love just sending out three times a week, weekly encouragement. Um, here are free resources to help you in your faith, blog posts, podcasts, um, all of the things that we go that we have going on. Email is the best way to connect with me sounds like you're really all about equipping godly women. Oh, for like, sure. <laughs> it sounds like it's not, it's not the Brittany show. It is no. the Jesus show and we're going to equip you. Nobody I'm so wants- here for it. Well, Brittany, you have really broken some mental chains off of us. I appreciate that so much. Um, and I really believe that some women are going to go home and say, okay, what can I do? That's courageous. What's the one small thing I can do. That's going to make the, that's going to make the difference. Um, So thank you so much for being and I appreciate your time and um, I've really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you so much. This has been so fun. All right, guys, that's the end of today's conversation. If you're part of the Confident Woman community, then do your part. Leave a review, a five-star podcast rating, and spread the word. If you haven't already, join our online community at confidentwomanco.com where you can surround yourself with like-minded Christian women. And follow us on Instagram at Confident Woman Co. As always, stay confident.